What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Greatest, a production of iHeartRadio. All right, welcome to another episode of The Greatest, hosted by myself, CJ Toledano, and my wife, Megan Gailey. How are you doing? Good. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm in the midst of deciding if I want to pick a fight on Twitter. And so I have a draft saved. And okay. We'll get into that. Well, we don't have No, we, to. we will. I just feel like it, we're not going to be able to talk about anything else. Oh, well, if, I'm just saying why I was delayed answering because yeah. I was looking, trying to, I, I did one of those things. I like fired a tiny shot and then I like to see what comes back at me. And then if I'm like, oh, that's fine. Then I'll real, see, uh, I give a warning. That's how you know you're a pro when you know you have stages of your beefs. On Twitter. I mean, I don't even, it's not even a beef. <laughs> uh, and we're also joined by our very good friend, um, the person who I, I, I love that you're on because like me, you're not just a sports guy. You're a comedy, you're a pop culture. I, and I don't know how, whenever I talk, I'm like, what do I do for a living? Who understands this? I go, oh, Dave understands this. I understand everything. Dave's chilling. I got my fingers in everything. Thank you for having <laughs> oh, me. Wow. I feel honored to be here. What is this now, episode number seven, six? Uh, I think eight. We have a couple in the bank. But, but we, you were, when we first started this, I was like, we're definitely going to have Dave on very early. You have to. I set the tone. <laughs> I set the bar high. Yeah. Thank you. This is great. Great. And yeah, CJ, you've had an interesting career. I've had an interesting career. Very much so. I think of you guys as not one and the same, but like paths that sometimes cross and then well, go anytime away I and start then cross. To, anytime I start to be less successful, I'm like, I'm getting too close to CJ. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> 
I'm kidding. Wow. CJ, you're killing it, buddy. No, you're killing I'm gonna, it. Let me cue you up first. To, to, let me give you people that are listening a little bit of background. You've written for the WWE. We became uh, friends when you were writing for Bleacher Report. That's right. As a journalist, you've written for and worked for The Ringer. Mm-hmm. You, you hosted a wrestling podcast for The Ringer, right? I the did. Mas- it was called Man. The Mass Man Show. Okay. And then, so yeah, I mean, and then you've written for TV and what else? Tell us more. I started my journalism career at Vice. Yeah. I, was, I was doing stand-up, and then when I started writing cool. Vice. When it was cool, yeah, it was cool. Not to and like were they on Vice, paying yeah. well then? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, They've never right, paid right, well. Right. I'm fine saying it now that they I don't pay well. I didn't it's know if there was your, like a heyday yeah. where like if you got in before the TV show, they were paying well, but it seems like it was always just that Brooklyn building not paying yeah, well. Yeah, it's like we pay you with cocaine <laughs> and rings that say vice on it. Cool. Yeah. Great. And there's people in Brooklyn that are like, great, my parents pay my rent exactly. and I want cocaine and vice rings. Exactly. Then I went to Grantland, which was yeah. an yeah. experience yeah. unto itself. R.I.P. I and, but up, then you were yeah. doing stand-up during all that. I was like, what the hell? And then I quit because I was making too much money. <laughs> Why am I going to go work for free, Uh, smoke? I was smoking back then. Yeah. cigarettes. Oh, yeah. You were a sports writer. I was a bad boy. You still are, but. I think a cigarette on you would look intellectual. It does. Yes, it looks very cool. You've always been a well-dressed man, and is why we've had the topic that we picked today, best-dressed athletes, or greatest. greatest. Sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Get the branding (laughs) right. (laughs) Otherwise, you're getting canceled. Listen, it's it's in the title, the greatest athlete dressers, but you're a dapper guy. You've always you. had your mind on 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 fashion, and it's important to you. Yeah, my mom got me a GQ subscription when I was like ten. Uh, oh, awesome! And there, are, most of the photos of me as a kid from like three until I was ten or twelve, I was in suits all the time. Oh my god, I love even and going to school and stuff. Not to school every day, but okay. like we had a kindergarten graduation ceremony at yeah. my private school and of course I wore a suit and I had the Dick Tracy hat. Oh, the hat. And there match. was also a watch that the I Dick had. The Dick Tracy watch? Yeah, but it wasn't like the actual toy cuz we weren't rich. Yeah. It was uh they had the watch With but the speaker you unscrew the top and then it's lip balm yeah well, yeah because yes. i always need lip balm because i got dry lips like ll cool j so i always gotta <laughs> keep them moist i got mine I out God, mine has to brilliant. be at the ready so smart i just so le- smart. i let mine get crusty Your i lips? can tell bud yeah <laughs> yeah no sometimes i'll is cj on crack i'm on sometimes crack now. we'll smooch mm-hmm. and i'm like oh you just want some chapstick and yeah. you know i got some yeah and yeah. you can't find i yours. feel like you just i'm trying to rub off you don't even want to kiss your wife like, mm, you're like this, you're approaching me like this bitch but her lips are gonna help mine it's a mutually beneficial marriage, which I like to see. Yeah. That's great. Now, do you feel like since having a son, you really love dressing him? Yes. And my ex-wife and I have very differing opinions on how we oh, should dress. Oh, wow. Okay. She's really big into not matching. So she'll wear like... As an aesthetic? Yeah. Like leopard print with like stripes That's and like, like checkered bands. Yeah. And she just dresses ridiculously. Okay. That's fine for me. Do she, you think this is why it didn't work out? Oh God! Megan. Should we get into that? <laughs> Greatest divorces in history. Mine's number one. We, I think. we have to do a lot of these uh, episodes. So we'll, we'll, we'll have you we'll back come for around. That. To yeah, that. we haven't. We haven't even done like 
real ones yet. Like we haven't even done like greatest world series. Like we're tiptoeing around in the fun ones smart. before we get into well, the meat. And we want, we're, we're kind of picking the guest and then going, we're kind of reverse engineering it. You know, we're like, we're not going to have you come on and be like greatest sports movie. I mean, like you would kill that. But we know you. It's major as, league, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Major league money. Anyways, but so you had a subscription to GQ when you were ten. Like so, the way I, because I also I didn't have a subscription, but I was always buying those celebrity magazines and GQ because I would look at the pictures and then see what was in like trench coats or whatever, and then I would try and find the cheaper version of that, <laughs> and I would build, you know, stuff like that or outfits that way. That was college for me. It yeah. was like. Okay, I can't afford this, 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 and this, but I can go to Crossroads yep. in mm. the Mission in San Francisco, and I can get something that kind of looks like that. Yeah, yeah. Now I can afford nice stuff. Yeah, and so I buy nice stuff. I kind of buy. Uh, yeah, I mean, now I can afford. I can afford nice stuff, so I just buy lots of trash. Cheap, yeah, cheap yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eBay I, is my is my source. Well, of, yeah, I think some people, you know, like I've spent thousands of dollars on wrestling like vintage wrestling apparel yeah. mm-hmm. like old wwf hats and stuff so i think that's more your vibe is like yeah. finding vintage and like you know putting together a streetwear aesthetic through vintage oh, stuff wow. and are you, you used to do that you don't do that anymore no i still do i mean yeah. i like to go from you know something that's more casual and athleisure Mm-hmm. To you know, like today I'm wearing a the a, a double breasted suit with a mm-hmm. t-shirt. Yeah, well, what's the t-shirt of? This is Fran Lebowitz, oh, the, yeah. the writer. Um, and this is a women's t-shirt because the wing made t-shirts for this. I you know, believe near the wing, all of yeah. that, and it's like women's sizes only. Like, yeah, well, you know what? I'm gonna try it. Anyway. I have some men. I have like a clueless shirt that's a men's shirt that I'm yeah. like, why is this for? But I like the way men's shirts fit me because yeah. I like to like tie and make like a little crop top. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, the men's and women's and Nike is actually doing a great job of not making stuff and saying this is for this gender or not. Well, like, I'm clearly in a head to toe women's yeah. Nike jumpsuit. Yeah, right <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> you're in a you're in a, a matching out or matching set maroon. maroon. Which I never would have even ventured to think about pre CJ. Yeah. yeah. There's no way. Well, what did you say you're dressed as this morning? Um <laughs> I Someone, Sometimes I say this, I look like a choreographer. Yeah, kind of. Um, what did you I say? Your hair is too long to be a choreographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have it in like high pigtails. Yeah, you or said, spikes. You said that you are dressed as if you were about oh, to get surgery. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I do. I look like when, because we see housewives on Raw Housewives go get surgery a lot or mm-hmm. and, and sometimes it's not cosmetic. Sometimes it's like dramatic or IVF things and but they always you can't wear makeup or like have your hair done or nails or anything when you go to have surgery so they're always trying to like turn a look. So they'll be in like head to toe leopard jumpsuits going in to get a facelift just because they're like I need the people to know that I I still went in with fashion. <laughs> it also distracts from the fact that you're not wearing makeup exactly. and you look as bad as you're ever going to yes. look on television. Yes. And I had like the hood up this morning, sunglasses <laughs> on. I mean, I looked like the man from the outsider. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you look like dark man. Yeah. Dark man? Oh yeah. Uh, I remember dark man. Movie rules. He's a fashion icon. He's a fa- the hat, that fedora man. Yeah. Every guy in Brooklyn in, in Williamsburg dresses like dark man, <laughs> for sure. Or like has it's either that or like the Peter McAllister beige trench coat or like overcoat. I was gonna say the Count of Monte Cristo, but sure, yeah. Yeah. I really love that I love how CJ dresses. Like 
I think it's so cool and fun. And when I, when my eyes just look around LA, it, it's some of the worst fashion I've ever seen in my life. There's a lot of bad dressers men. here. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think this has never been a better time for men to start caring about how they dress. You know, when we were kids, mm-hmm. it was like Abercrombie right. uh, mm-hmm. or American Eagle, and that's it. Were like, you, you dress, in that like, camp? Did you ever? Oh, yeah. I was told, I saw a, a, a whole, an old high school friend uh, over the holidays, and she was like, you were such a preppy back yeah. then. Mm-hmm. I hated you. I was like, you hate But it's like, that's yeah, what I was, was there. It was yeah. like Tommy Hilfiger, mm-hmm. Polo. I mean, we would go to an outlet mall and buy our clothes for the year. Yeah. And so I just was wearing polo dress, and it was preppy but i liked it yeah i i I copped a pair of birkenstocks back in high school (laughs) and that was weird like what are you thinking i mean but that's that's high fashion i was already way ahead of the bell curve when i was 16 but i think when you say preppy if you're wearing blazers and i was wearing blazers too and and reading movie magazines at barnes and noble we were like bomb back level preppy not like just abercrombie plaid shirt off the rack we're talking like classic american preppy Yeah. yeah Uh, farmer preppy versus like intellectual East Coast prep, like Mm -hmm, proper prep. mm -hmm. There's a, there are drastic differences. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I was Indiana preppy. There you go. Which they would be like trash. Which is, yeah, I think the same, the same (laughs) as it was in my hometown, which is in Central California, which was farmy and Mm -hmm. agricultural. Uh, Where is that? Merced, which is near Fresno. Yeah. So it was all like, you know, kind of. Costco, Kirkland Signature polo mm-hmm. shirts, or mm-hmm. if you were lucky, you go to Modesto and you get Abercrombie. Wow. We yeah. had an Abercrombie. I had a friend who worked at Abercrombie, one of my best friends. God, you got the hookup? The 15% no, discount? I don't think I got the hookup because she was, everyone I knew who worked at Abercrombie but her was like a thief. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, you steal. I knew a girl who managed one and all she did was steal. You absolutely And then like sell to. it. Yeah. But my friend Abby was like, buy the book. She was, Ugh. she, she was a corporate trill, you know? You know what? Now all of us are living in Hollywood, right guys? Yeah. I worked at Hollister. I also like, worked at a Hollister. You did? Wow. For oh, how yeah. long? For like three months. Yeah. It, yeah. It's always a short stint. What, what made you so work there? to me. Yeah. It smells like garbage in there. Well, I'll tell you my Oof. story, but how, how did you fall into a job at Hollister? Oh, I knew a dude who was yeah. a manager. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I went to, what happened with me was my buddy actually, he just like this white farm type kid and he went and he was like, oh, I'm going on a group interview. I'm like, cool. Can I come? And he's like, yeah, sure. And I went there trying to be like a guy trying to make everyone laugh. And I ended up getting the job out of the 10 <laughs> people actually interviewing. Yeah. Cause and that's I, what Hollister needs. Charm. Well, a funny Filipino teen. Well, so I, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Is like, otherwise, it's just like no, completely stupid, yeah. like yeah, yeah, hillbilly yeah. white guys. Well, so you I were thought a diversity I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm a diversity hire. Like this holster definitely needs some color. <laughs> but then they made me work in the back room. And, okay. And then I, during my lunch break on my first shift, I uh, never came back. It's cool. The TV writers' rooms work the same way. <laughs> Yeah, I never. The way I felt then, I didn't know I'd be feeling it now. In a career I thought I was really made for, um, thirty three years later. I say this to CJ a lot because he tries to help me sort of like push the envelope uh, with my clothing, and I'm like, yeah, but you got to understand, I'm a like now middle aged white woman, and you are like a man of color. There's just different things that you can pull off that I like. Sometimes he'll try and dress me, and it's like I look like a YouTube character. <laughs> like I look like someone making fun of someone trying to be young. I 
and I, I guess that sort of like leads into the topic. Do you guys feel like you've got like a little bit more leeway being like, yeah, I'm a black man. You I can guys? have like a little more swag. <laughs> you people. Wow. That- <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Ross Perot over here? Good God. Did I say, God I mean, I, what would I say instead of you guys? Those of you who are of a different race than you I. Say okay, that. Dave. I'm just messing yes. with you. Do you feel uh, like you've got like a little bit more... Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, the answer is you. just like letting me dig a deeper <laughs> hole. The, the serious fuck? answer to your question is yes, absolutely. And this was a point I wanted to make about athletes. Is it because they are one in impeccable shape mm-hmm. and can wear everything? Yeah. Well, within reason, because with basketball players, they're tall. Yeah. So they're models, basically. Yeah. Yes. And also when you, when you are, you know, of a, of a uh, minority ethnic group or, or, you know, any sort of minority group, you are more apt to feel weird. You are more more comfortable feeling weird, yep. and you don't feel as much pressure to conform to certain aesthetic preferences of the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel quite as bad about dressing in a different way than some people would who you know are are Caucasian or or whatever because. I like it. I like to stand out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm happier standing out and I'm I've always stood out no matter what just yeah. because of who I am. I love that. Yeah. When did you realize that? That you were black. <laughs> Took a while actually. <laughs> Cuz my dad, my dad was white, so it was I I lived in a white world. Yeah. So it took me a while to figure out Oh, I can get away with certain things or mm-hmm. I'm a part of this and and maybe I should learn more about Tupac and maybe I should stop listening to the replacements as much. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it took a while for me to realize that it was okay to dress differently because I wanted to fit in. When you're in Mm -hmm. high school, you Mm -hmm. want to fit in. So I was, that's why people thought I was at prep and I was, because I was wearing Abercrombie because I wanted to fit in. Mm -hmm. I wanted to play baseball and be cool and not feel awkward. And did you nail it? Did I nail being not awkward? Cool. No, of course not. <laughs> That's what's great is like inherently you're still going to have like I'm your still own, this yeah. friggin' dork. Yeah. I can't help myself. <laughs> but you have a little fashion sense. Yeah, yes. it, that's exact. I, I 100% like exactly feel that way. You're like, oh, you try to fit in a little bit and you're like, that's boring. Or that like, what is the fun in or that? Even you if you try, even if you try, it it's never going to be enough. Yeah. And I think that is what a lot of people of color experience in this country is. I'm going to do my best and I'm going to try and I'm going to fit in. I'll be, a, I'll be Barack Obama mm-hmm. and I'll do it all the right way. But at the end of the day, even if I become president of the United States of America, I'm still not going to fit in. They're yeah. still going to be mad at my tan suit. Yeah. So why not just be your oh, fucking God. That tan, that tan suit. And, that's and the what, thing is, he look great. And God bless our athletes, our, our, our minority athletes who are yeah. dressing better than they ever have in yeah. the entire history of sports. Well, okay, so let's get into it then. We'll, we'll just start off here. Today's episode, the greatest athlete dressers, or the great, the best dressed athletes of all time. Um, I feel like this is one that is a long time coming. This is primarily, like whenever people ask me about sports and why I love it so much, it's crazy, but the, it is, a large part of it is because of, like you said, the way these players express themselves off the court, off the field, and to me, it's such a big part of how I'm even able to follow it. Like, you know, these guys are superheroes. They play amazing on the field or the court, but I'm like, how do I differentiate these guys? You know, outside of that, how do I continue to follow them in the off season? And, and fashion has been such a, a big part of that. So Dave, why don't you kick us off here with your, your first pick? This is tough because 
on the one hand, it, it fashion and sports have never been more connected than they are right now. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you don't want the recency bias of like, well, of course I'm just going to pick, you know, yeah. this famous person yeah. who's famous now. So I'm going to go curveball it and I'm going to say Walt okay. Clyde Frazier. Oh, yes. Okay. Who yes. had yeah. a very downtown or uptown like Harlem kind of aesthetic to his dress. Lots of lots of suits and, mm-hmm. and big coats. And he still dresses amazing yeah. on MSG Network when he calls yeah. Knicks games. It was a 70s vibe that was unfettered and he wasn't trying super hard to fit in and be corporate. He was going to be Walt Clyde Frazier. So back then, was everyone dressing like that or? I don't think so. I no. think they were in suits. Yeah. Well, that's what he was wearing, like, plaid but suits. I, I recall, like, hats with feathers. Bill and- Russell wasn't, like, a snappy dresser. Right, right. They right, were right. in, like, plain, like, Brooks Brothers God. off the racks. Yeah. There, were, there were obviously people w- with style in, in, in that period. Spencer Haywood, I think, had a little bit of style yeah. and stuff. But, you know, it wasn't to the extreme that it is today. So people like Walt Frazier would stand out. Yeah, and I love that he's held on to that. And yeah. like people, when people like see him now, they're like, "Oh man, he dresses funny." And what a clown! Like, yeah, it's like no. I don't think so. I I don't think that that's clownish. I think the clowny thing is when you're trying to do something to fit into the fashion world, as opposed to dressing the way that is most comfortable for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has to look like it's effortless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a guy. God bless him in the NBA right now, who I just feel like is trying so hard every game, and he just bricks every fit. Kevin Love. Oh, yeah. Kevin Love is trying so hard. Well, you see that when you see, like, a string of pictures, and it's all Kith. And it's like, oh, you clearly visited Kith, and now you you like it. This, 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 Yeah, and they're like, I'll take all that. Or can you guys send me your your spring collection? And it's just like, it's no effort. None. Yeah. There are the dudes who really... Wake up every day, think about what their fit is going to be, that go out, that they, they're, they're shopping in every town, they're talking to the designers, local people even. You know, LeBron made a point of getting to know people in that business. So John Elliott, who does a lot of his stuff, he and LeBron became friends way before John Elliott was famous. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brown, who did the suits for the, the Cavs that season when they all wore the, the same suits in the playoffs. That was a relationship that LeBron created with Tom Brown to mm-hmm. be able to get those done. Kevin Love looks like <laughs> I just I just need a truck full of like clean white Air Force Ones and some sweatpants and like a big coat and I'm good. And it's like that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Who are you? What are you trying to say about yourself? How are you expressing yourself through what you're wearing? Yeah. Of the superstars in the NBA, so I guess I'm talking like all star and above. How many of them do you think have personal stylists? That's tough. You know, I, I back when I was at Bleacher Report during All Star in LA, I was talking to James Harden about this, and James Harden picks his own clothes. Yeah, you know, he's not like I need somebody to buy this. He stuff doesn't for seem me. like someone who likes a lot of help in general. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, wants all he, the credit. He's got it. He, he doesn't need an assist exactly. here on what he's going to wear. Um, yeah, I think I think the ones that you could tell which ones are like, yeah. I'm doing this myself. Yeah, Russ. PJ Tucker, uh, mm-hmm. Harden, LeBron, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think somebody even like Jordan Clarkson probably does a lot of yes. his shopping mm-hmm. himself. Uh, Swaggy P did a lot of his Kuz shopping. Kuz, maybe? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, sh- I don't know. No, Kuz, I you tell like me. Kuz has some, like, I, I almost think, even a stylist aside, 
LeBron, probably Kuz, probably a lot of them then then have like a personal jeweler who they're saying this should be with. So like they're not doing everything head to toe. Like accessories are hard. That's like actually when if I ever get styled for anything, that's I'm like, I can put stuff together. But like all of these finishing touches, that's like very, very difficult. The accessories are the things that really do matter more than than you think. Um I have a feeling, and not knowing for sure, but I think a lot of these people probably have, you know, people coming and saying, "Here's what this designer's spring summer lookbook is," mm-hmm. or "This is this designer's," and, and then they go through it and they're like, "I like, I this, like, I like this, I like this, I like this, I like this, I like this." I think they have opinions. Ugh, what a dream! D'Angelo Russell is another guy yes. who dresses super well, but then there are some guys who I feel like are just like picking up a Balmain T-shirt <laughs> and mm-hmm. like yeah. the the Comme de Garcon converses with the hearts on them, and it's like. That's it. It's like, no, you can't Off just wear rack, a big, yeah. ugly graphic yeah. tee yeah. and some ripped jeans and call it a day. Like, try. It is interesting, too, that, like, I think the NBA led this wave and then the NFL has caught up to it in some extent. But, like, when you think about the NFL, play, you know, you think of Cam first. Mm-hmm. But Ugh. you really, but, like, a lot of the superstars in the NFL don't, because a lot of the superstars in the NFL are quarterbacks. Yeah. And so Cam is sort of the exception. But there's not a lot of, like, Drew Brees is not turning a look. No. They're, he's dressing probably really nice. Because he has money. And, he can buy expensive exactly. suits. Exactly. And yeah. Tom Brady does, but like he's also married to the most famous model in the world. So that's kind mm. of like a different... Tom Brady dresses yeah. like a serial killer. I'm it, sorry. Oh, I don't like, like a mannequin, it, but like yeah. Yeah. He's, there's not a lot of NFL players that I can think of that are like constantly dressing crazy that are superstars. Odell Beckham is really the yeah. best dressed guy yeah. in the NFL, and I'm sure we'll get to him later, but... Uh, yeah, there. Even Cam, I feel like Cam is trying too hard. Of course, I think he started off okay. It's crazy. He dresses like a Pee Wee's Playhouse character, <laughs> but it's something that like we look forward to. Yeah, and it's the, fun, and it, he's not taking cues from anyone else. No, which no, is, no. Which he's is There's a couple stores in LA that I feel like carry a lot of the stuff that he buys. Yeah. But it's just like, man, what are you? The the, the Marlboro <laughs> man got hit by a bunch of glitter. It's just, it sucks. It's also interesting to CJ as a friend like this, um, that I'm like, you're so hot. Like you're, you're almost like fighting against being hot. Is it Joe Quisala? <laughs> it is Joe Quisala. So hot. I'm like, you're so hot. Why are you? It's our good friend, Whitmer Thomas, who has uh, a special coming out, but. But Wit, but like Wit's not dressing as crazy as Wit has Cam. a personal style. But he though. has maybe one of the best styles in comedy. It fits him. What yeah. he's doing is a thing that he does, and it's it's within. I feel bad we're talking about somebody people don't know, but yeah. he was on the podcast. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. So, so if you're a listener, you're a fan, you know. But it it fits into what's fashion right now because there's yes. you know there's heavy skateboarding influences, workwear influences in fashion right now. But it's still him, and it's yes. o- he's always been that guy. So it's not like he's following trends. Yeah. Okay. So my first pick, mm-hmm. I guess this is a bit of a riddle. I have two people on my list that okay. have the same last name, but they are not related. Okay. Any what? guesses? <laughs> I'm gonna not guess. How about that? Wait, uh, Russell Westbrook and Brian Westbrook? No. Um, so my first person is Phil David, Sims, David Beckham. Oh, David okay. Beckham. Oh, okay. Everyone on my list is hot. And that's like that's, kind of... Yeah, go ahead. I want to hear your reason. Um, I, I think of David Beckham as like a fashion icon now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and like soccer stars are sort of traditionally 
the hottest. And yeah. maybe that's because they're the most famous, but like they are just these international hot babe superstars. He's also married to a Spice Girl. She has her own clothing line. He has done lots of partnerships with designers. He sits front row at New York Fashion Week, Paris Fashion Week. Like he is now transitioned from like, I was a famous soccer player. I live in LA and now I'm just kind of a hot, fashionable dad icon. And that's why I just, you look at him. I mean, he's modeled, yeah. like he is fashion while also being. And I guess, an yeah, I, I remember just seeing him sort of starting to pop up in, you know, in, in pop culture or just like, I, I always thought, and like Davey said this, he ju- he's just hot. So what a great start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a it makes it a lot start. easier yeah. to be a fashion guy if you're super hot. Yeah. So yeah. like if he's wearing the newest, latest or hot, like, or unique outfit, I'm still just being like, Damn, great abs and cheekbones. <laughs> My man, where do I pick those up, you know? Well, and he's also aged, but, like, still looks hot. Yeah. But he's also—I think his fashion has evolved not in the way where you see in a magazine when they're, like, dress for your 20s, dress when yeah. you're 50. Like, it's not that cut and dry, but I do think his fashion has evolved over time. And now I you agree. look at him and you're just like, you look like a movie star. Yeah. Well, yeah, he—you know, he was actually one of the first— soccer players to really transcend and be a fashion person because before especially in England it was just like working class blokes you know eating fish and chips and smoking cigarettes at halftime then he comes along and is like I can be continental I can be European I can go play in France I can go play in Italy or Spain Uh, you know I can do all these things and be a a celebrity Mm -hmm. and so now the soccer guys are like the truly hottest athletes Uh, and God bless. Yeah, it's great. You know, they got the abs. They they've got the great cheekbones. They Everything can do looks stuff good with their hair. Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like he's too European mm-hmm. to the point where it looks like he's just made of cocaine. <laughs> but at the same time. Like, the guy, when he really tries, he looks great. Mm-hmm. Well, and two things about Beckham, too, is that the, I feel like the tattoos, mm-hmm. like, that was kind of rebellious, but yet still has an essence of elegance uh, to him. Another thing, too, that he does really well, I feel like, is mixing athletic wear and, like, um, luxury. So he'll wear, like, a track jacket under a blazer. And, I, I mean, I, I'm sure maybe someone did it before him, but, man, he was pulling that look off, which just sounds insane yeah. to me. He was one of the first dudes where like a truly expensive like cashmere coat yes. with sweats. He yep. is yep. he is sort of like what Tom Brady is trying to do. Uh-huh. But I Tom Brady think. doesn't have the soul of a fashionable person. Right. And I also think Victoria Beckham is extremely fashionable. Her line is so beautiful, makes incredible things. Like they they're just as a duo so pleasing to look at. Yeah. I mean, and other kids, I think, are famous and models and, yeah. and in the fashion world. Like, he's almost fully just transitioned out of sports into just kind of the L.A. world. But let me just say, like, yeah. you don't have to be hot to be fashionable. Absolutely yeah. not. You know who one of the one of the most fashionable people in Hollywood is? Who? Adam Pally. Adam okay. Pally dresses yeah. super well. I could see, I could see why you like that. He does does not brick fits. Yeah, he but is a good, dre- well dressed man. Yes, like he but is he's very handsome. but he's not like an athlete. I'm saying that you don't have yeah. to be in like mm-hmm. immaculate shape. You can just be a regular person. Just know what suits you. Almost. Yeah, he's a handsome man, but he's not David Beckham. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and I'm just saying to be on my list. <laughs> 
Adam Pally's not going to be on the list. He's not an athlete. It helps you. I didn't. What do you I mean? Have you seen ass cat? Have you seen those ass cats? That is kind of like a sport, <laughs> a, a, a comedy sport. Yeah, you know, Co- what I mean? comedy sports. Z with yeah. a Z, baby. Um, greatest athletes with a comedy sports background. Um, <laughs> so, is up yeah, there. Yeah, you didn't have to be hot to be on my list, but apparently you did. Well, it's a lot fine. of my it's guys fine. are hot. Yeah, a lot. Oh wow! I don't have All any guys. ugly people. In yeah. Those, no. Um. Okay, you go or no? Uh, my next guy is, or my first pick is Deion Sanders. Wow. I just think uh, he, I mean, I love it. I mean, people, his draft night and just every time he, every time a camera was on him, I thought it. I gotta he, look up some looks because I'm not it, feeling this. Okay, so look up Dion draft night. It's kind of infamous. He had the Jerry Curl. He had he wore full windsuit. And I know, like, you know, on draft night, Pete players go, oh, I need to wear a unique suit. Or I need to wear a, the nicest suit ever. But he wore, like, 90 gold chains, giant sunglasses. This is such a crazy um, look, CK. A windbreak, I think he was wearing wind, these windbreaker suits that I'm still seeking out. I type in vintage Nike track suit on eBay almost every day, trying to find these suits. And I think um, in addition to that sort of signature look, he has the, the pinstripe suit. Whenever I think of a, a, a guy who could pull off a pinstripe suit, I think Dion. I think he's still doing that. Um, and I just think that he was always taking opportunity or just realized the opportunity that what, what is this saying? Like, look good, play good. And I just think he was always a guy that embodied that before a lot of the players now. You don't uh, agree. Uh, no, I think sometimes, like, I have a look up right now that is a like a plaid tweed that I'm guessing he wore around Christmas that I think is a classic but also fun look that like mm-hmm. he can pull off but he also is then doing some really like this is a bad suit oh yeah we're like, talking about classic che- we're talking about classic dion though oh like, I remember, he, yeah i classic dion prime time dion he was this, one of the like, look at this top of this jacket this is, you gotta go back to the 90s yeah and I think he was wearing like he would wear a blazer without a shirt underneath. And I see players trying that now. Oh, well, yeah, I, listen, I Hammer that. did that. Yeah. Like that was the thing that I think was the best about Dion is Dion was one of the first guys to bring hip hop into sports. Yes. Like truly bring that kind of, you know, B-boy aesthetic to sports. Yeah. Nobody was really doing that before he did on the level that he did. Yeah. And to be such a huge star playing two sports at the same time. Yeah. Like he was he was incredibly influential. In look at this, he's wearing. He's got this Versace shirt on. Like, yeah, no, some think, of these looks I'm really into. I guess what I'm just having to realize about myself is that I really hate those '90s, early 2000 pinstripe suits. Mm. Like, burn them. Well, I think though it you. was people looking at Dion and going, oh, "I should do that." And it wasn't working for them. And it, again, it I, was I like, would argue it wasn't working for Dion. No, oh, my <laughs> goodness, I think you're wrong. Well, no. I like a lot of the looks. I just saw like a leather like jumpsuit he had that was really cool and I, I i almost like his look better when he was a player yeah oh yeah when you're a commentator so i'm talking commentator he dresses like garbage yes now. okay great. he looks like an old man <laughs> okay. he's just an so old man least, yeah he's least, not trying to step out anymore okay all i'm see that's that's sorry cj sorry i trapped <laughs> your pick i just don't like his commentator another looks. thing too i think a signature look of his is like the gold like a gold chain while playing that yep. gold chain like dangling. I'm like, very sexually attracted to that. Finding ways to to like still be fashionable mid game is like. And now you got guys wearing watches. On exactly. The field. Oh like, yeah. 
Dion and and Michael Irvin, Andre Risen, all those dudes yeah. from the nineties are more influential on wide receivers, cornerbacks, and like today than I think people realize. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like they changed the whole aesthetic of the sport. Mm-hmm. I say more cropped jerseys. Oh, <laughs> show me that too. belly butt. I mean, Zeke did it. And- well, I that's we don't need. I don't need more Zeke. <laughs> less show Zeke, me less Zeke. More other tummies. All right, well, let's take a break. Greatest on that, tummies. And we'll be back with more we picks with our guest Dave Schilling. The Nikki Glaser podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And we are back with our next round. That first round, a little controversial. CJ and I almost got I don't fight. think controversial, oh, wait, but what? hey, we'll talk about it off the podcast. No, I want to get into it right now. <laughs> Um, no, we came to an understanding. That's what marriage is about. Marriage is about compromise. We like Dion pre-commentator, and that's something that we came to as a couple. Okay. You worked it out on the air, which I think is great for the audience to learn about how marriages Yeah, I haven't function. been to therapy in two weeks, so I'm This not, is therapy. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? I can't wait to read the reviews after this ep. <laughs> What's wrong with her? Marriage story of the podcast. (laughs) Divorce him and marry me. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I do get some of those sometimes. I'm sure you do. I love a lot of like lucky guy. It's like, (laughs) actually, if you saw what he had to put up with, you wouldn't want to be a part of this. I have seen in your tweets where you like make fun of me, like for fun. Then guys are like, yeah, you should leave him. Or like, they're like, oh, this is my opportunity. I'm going to really push for this. Like he's simping for you. Yeah. I love it. Well, because I watched, I watched Curb too loud. Have you considered a financial slave? What does that mean? 
Uh, they don't ever get anything sexual from you. Uh-huh. They just derive pleasure from giving you money. Yeah, that's wild. A sugar wow. daddy? Is that what that's but called? But a sugar daddy, a I sugar think daddy the implication is sexual. Oh, sugar. Okay. This is literally just, I will Venmo you or I'll send you a check. I just want to know that you're taken care of. Wow. CJ. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I mean, I wish I had that kind of money. To be... Well, no, you want a third person. Yeah, he's talking about bringing in an external. Oh, wait, that could be a third person. An investor. Yeah. I could be a part of the situation still. As long as you just keep your distance and don't pose in any photos on Instagram. (laughs) Don't mention him. Just be like. What about this podcast? Check back in a few years. Just next week say, we're divorced. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody has to know. No one's going to check the records. And then I'm just dressing like Deion Sanders on draft night. (laughs) That'd be awesome. I'd be attracted to that. Okay, Dave, who is your next pick? I don't want to go too far back again. I'm going to go with somebody contemporary Mm -hmm. because I do think that this is the best time for men's fashion in a long time, especially in sports. So I'm going to go with Russell Westbrook. Yes. Great. Great. Yeah. It's hard not to because he is he can dress up when he has to be conservative, mm-hmm. you know, kind of classy Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. But when he goes and does something like wearing the photographer's vest, mm-hmm. which is I, I still think one of the most iconic moments uh, CJ of his one. career. CJ bought like Just a fishing a, vest after it. <sighs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> But I, I didn't buy the exact thing, and I think that's why, you know, it's, what do I take from it? Not only was that ridi- a ridiculous look, <laughs> it's an official photographer, and mm-hmm. everyone assumed he was clowning KD yeah. for taking photos as a hobby. Uh, that was such a weird, but that's what sports media does, is they try to connect the dots too much, and it's just embarrassing. Well, but I love that stuff. Give me yeah. more of that sweet tea, yeah. baby. And and Russ is a little bit of like a fun troll. Yeah. And, you know, like that video that he posted the day KD left, like he does go after Especially KD. And, well, because KD, like, he can't help himself. KD is one of the worst fashion. One of the worst dressers <laughs> yeah. of all time in the NBA. So bad. Yeah. It's him and Jordan, like, neck and neck for yeah. worst fits. It, when we were, like, picking this one, I'm like, we're going to have to get into some of the worst. Absolutely. Too, yeah. Well, that, Kevin Love. That history is rich, too. But, but yeah, Jordan. Let's talk more about Russell because I, obviously he's one of the first names that comes to mind, but. And we've probably said some of those rules already, but yeah, what is it about Russ? It's not that it's crazy. It's that I don't like these are looks I didn't know existed. Yeah, he's working on a different level of creativity and a different level of comfort in himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and confident. that is what it is. Is he will he'll take that walk, mm-hmm. and all the photographers will take pictures of him, and he knows he's dressed like a fucking clown. Yeah. But because he's got the sunglasses tilted just the right way, he's got mm-hmm. the little smirk on his face, it's like, damn. Yeah. That guy is awesome. Yeah. I've, his beautiful, immaculate body. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Like, just like when he'll show like abs, it's like, I want to do that. Oh, wait, I can't. Yeah. I simply can't. Yeah. Uh, like, he's so aware of himself and so comfortable in himself. And has no concerns for whether people like or don't like what he's wearing. And when I look at Tom Brady, again, one of the shittiest dressers in all of sports. He's got that look on his face like, I know I'm wearing something very expensive right now. And you guys probably think it's pretty cool that I'm wearing a turtleneck. Yeah. Can you believe I'm wearing a turtleneck? What a choice that is. (laughs) 
Like, yeah, fuck off. Yeah, so it's like, Tom, you're hot. You don't need to, like, do... I mean, I think one of the worst fashion choices he ever made was that Make America Great Again hat. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Talk about uh, a mess. What the... Red doesn't look good on you at all. But he, he, the Russell Westbrook thing, too, it's like him, his strut is so much part of the outfit. Yep. It's the way he carries himself. I think he's the reason for... Why, when TNT games happen or ESPN games, we cut to them walking into the arena because it all starts there that the mood, just the way the dressing up for the game is such a big part of it. And Russ is, yeah, Russ is the reason for League Fit account, the the League Fit's account. Upscale hype and League Fit's would not exist without people like Russell Westbrook. I mean, now you've gotten to the point where... The Athletic has somebody to cover fashion. Yeah. You know, the Sports Illustrated started mm-hmm. doing their like 50 most mm-hmm. fashionable athletes in America thing. Yeah, it's it's uh You should be running GQ up. Sports. Now I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> has he always dressed this way? Like was he doing this in college? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean you can't. Like the 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 perfect storm for the the athlete, the musician, the actor is good looks, um exquisite bodies. Money. And the access to <laughs> the money. And, and a lot of times they get stuff for free. Yeah. People are yeah. begging you so the to wear their shit. Yeah. yeah. But that's what it is. It's like, I mean, because I remember our we've had uh, Josiah who played with, I think he either played or was around when Westbrook was at UCLA. And Russ was a quiet kid. And, you know, he was just playing, you know, college basketball. But then he got in the NBA and money started coming in. And he realized, oh, this is how I've always wanted to express myself. Harden's the same way. You know? Harden didn't know that he was going to have that crazy beard and, yeah. like, mm-hmm. be an icon when he was playing in high school. Here, he didn't have that crazy beard. No, he did not. He looked like a regular ass dude. And it unlocked, it truly unlocked something. That's the beauty of age and success. (laughs) Like, I feel happier dressing the way that I want to dress because I'm 35 years old. And who cares anymore? I called myself middle aged. I just said I'm 35 (laughs) while I'm in Hollywood physically. That's that's not good. We can edit it out. (laughs) Can you just believe it? Yeah, I'm years old. Um, yeah, no, that's a great point. It, it's like it's almost like the final che- or like piece in your in your game is fashion and how it's your character. Yeah, who am I on the court? I'm the same guy who dresses wild. Well, it also looks so cute when he's dressed like that, and then he's with his like cute little kid. Oh, uh-huh. dressed just I, like him. Yeah, I feel like that's yeah. like such a fun. Like I follow this account called Dilfs of Disneyland, and it <laughs> is like it's like fun to see a hot dad with their kid. I will say that the best accessory that I've ever gotten in my life is my son. Your cute ass kid. Yeah. 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 Fuck. Yeah. How are you implementing your fashion <laughs> sense on your kid? I do my best. I mean, he lives with my ex-wife, so. We have to fight over, like, I'm going to have him dress like this, and I'm going to have him dress like this. But there are things that he has in his wardrobe where I can kind of, like, he has a really cool, like, jean jacket that looks awesome with, like, some, like, fur on the top. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's a process. It'll form. I mean, he'll take a little bit from his mom and a little bit from you, and then he'll have his own true style. Yeah, he has to find himself. I can't force anything on him. Mm -hmm. He has to be exposed to everything. And then develop preferences from there. Yeah. I used to dress so similar to my mom. I mean, when I was a child, she would dress us in the same clothes. I've seen the pictures. Um, And then I was the youngest and only girl. Okay. And then, but even in like high school, it was almost interchangeable, just sort of like the palette and the structure and everything we liked. And now I don't think we dress similar at all. Like, and some of that could be the fact that I haven't lived in Indiana in almost 15 years, 
But some of it is just like, oh, you set me down on this path of liking pastels and being willing to wear bright colors. But then I've just like kind of kept going and almost left her back in pastel land. I think you made the right choice. She dresses so... I love how she dresses, too. She actually wears a lot of the same clothes that my friends do. Like, I'll see a friend. I'm like, my mom has that. And they're like, well, what the fuck? And I'm like, <laughs> no, but she's chic. She's in the Talbot's fashion show at the mall. Oh, my You know, God. she dresses really well. But we just, I thought we would always like the same things. And at some point in my 20s, we branched off from each other. You, you've had different experiences. Mm-hmm. How you dress is also connected to who you are as a human being. And that's, again, why Russell Westbrook is a better dresser than Tom Brady. Because he's expressing a need, a creativity, and Tom Brady is wearing fucking Tom Ford because it's yeah. expensive yeah. and yeah. it sucks. <laughs> That's why I, you know what, I, I love sneakers and all that stuff, and people are like, oh, did you get those new off-whites or blah, but I'm like, there's just a whole different reason why I'm in this, and it's not to get the ex- most expensive things. It's like, that's the reason why I'm buying off of eBay and not going in around two, because I need to find something that it means something to me. Yeah. Not, and it's never going to mean that it's the most expensive thing. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about the Balenciaga triple S sneaker. Yeah. And when I see people wearing those or like the Louis Vuitton sneakers, the big mm-hmm. crazy ones, I'm like, you're only doing that because you can, not because it matters to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is no. where yeah. I have a pair. <laughs> Which ones? Uh, the cement ones. The first ones? No, these were like probably a year or two in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I you sold, have a pair. No, I don't. You sold them. I had the moon, the Yeezy One Moon Rocks, and then I, I bought them right when I got the Bleacher Report gig, and then I moved to New York, and I hung out in Soho wearing them, and I saw every little Asian teenager wearing them, <laughs> and I go, oh, I'm not different. This is this means nothing. Yeah. That is that is the lesson that you learn when you were just following the hype too much. Yeah. Is the, the hi- there is no, there's no destination with the hype. If you buy pieces that you like because you like them, mm-hmm. if you find designers, like I have specific designers and companies that I like to buy clothes from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know they fit and I'm you know, going to get them tailored as best I can. And, and I know that they're, they're, the stuff that they do every season is going to be stuff that I like if yeah. it's my aesthetic. We're not worthy of having you here <laughs> giving all this knowledge to these oh, people. Oh, well, no. Just pay me next time. <clears throat> you know what? There is a, there, we did have a review where uh, someone was very, not very upset, which just said I had a bias against the Patriots. So I can't wait for them to hear you. The well, I also <laughs> fucking hate the Patriots. But that's the thing. Like the, the review was like the female host really hates the Patriots, but then everybody else, it's like, I, Newsflash, the entire country but New England fucking hates the Patriots. And if you don't know that, then you need to take a flight to Cincinnati, St. Louis, Seattle, talk to four people. We don't like the team. But, you know, you're getting mad at the same reason why, you know, the Indianapolis thing. No, that's that's those These are, are totally that's different apples things. and oranges, CJ. Uh, we are I'm punching up. Yep. When okay. you pu- when you go to the Patriots, okay. they have won everything. They have been. I mean, this Astros thing is so crazy because it's like. Don't get me started on that. Okay. All right. Well, that'll be another one. Okay. So my number two pick. <sighs> I will present this riddle to you again. I have two people on my list with the same last name, but they are not related. Odell, Odell Beckham, Beckham Jr. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Odell <laughs> is someone when there is like the ESPYs, you always are like, what is Odell going to wear? Yeah. He always looks great. He is experimenting with his hair, with his jewelry, with his 
tattoos, like everything that he is that is on his body or is a part of his body is a chance for him to make a fashionable statement. Friends with Anna Wintour goes to the Met Gala. Like mm. he has transcended sports. And I do like that he is probably the most fashionable NFL player. Um, the person that you like think of. And I, I do think it was beneficial for him fashion wise that he was in New York for the first part of his career. And yeah, Cleveland's not, not really a fashion capital. No, but you know what? I Cleveland Is it has like cutting all- Zeus's hair? Is it or Samson? Whatever? Putting him in Cleveland now that I'm realizing? Yeah, it's messed up. It's but like the I worst possible. I know a lot Cleveland. of rich people from Cleveland, and they've got great taste. Yeah, my girlfriend's <laughs> family is from Cleveland, and uh, they are totally not. <laughs> they do not dress well, but my, that's fun. I had um, three sisters that were in my sorority. They were all from Cleveland, and they were like the first girls I ever knew that had razor phones. They dressed <laughs> so chic and cool. Razor phones were the shit back oh, then. Yeah. I had a sidekick. In 2004, if you had a pink razor phone, it was like, yeah, yeah, Odell can move to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. What were you saying? But he lived in New York. Yeah. I think that probably, yeah. I'm just saying that when you're when you're living there and, and the media and you always talk about how they're on you all the time, I think he probably rose to that occasion to be like, I'll give you a little something to look at. Yeah. You know whose style I like in Cleveland, though, is Baker. No. You know why? Because that's who he is. I know, but it's just not good. It works on <laughs> it works. The like weird detective. Yeah, mustache. it's like it's it's home alone dad coat, but then with like a Chappelle character underneath. Yes. He reminds me of um it feels like Shia. Like Shia is a streetwear yeah. god. Yeah. yeah. And he's dressing like, you know, an unemployed dad, and that's okay because that's what he normcore. does. Normcore. It's like heavy, heavy normcore. But I sometimes with Baker, I'm like is that on purpose? Yeah, because then when you see him partying, he's almost wearing like vineyard vines. Yeah. Like he oh, kind God. of, it almost feels like I he's, fuck with vineyard vines though. It feels I love that like shit. he's trying to kind of live in both worlds a little bit. So, I mean, it, it, I would imagine having Odell around makes all of them want to step up their game. Um, except for the head coach who then got fired. Yeah, whoops. (laughs) One of my alma mentions, I think uh, I want to bring it up because I think hairstyle is a big part of, you know, figuring out other ways outside of clothes really kind of takes part in your fashion. His hairstyle is maybe one of the most iconic since, like, again, one of my picks, Iverson's cornrows. Like, he created that hairstyle that every single kid up until, like, 25 had. Like, CJ would be like, oh, he's got the Odell, he's got the Odell, he's got the Odell. Yeah. Like every kid that they would like it's walk very through the bleacher report doors. And it's like, you know, NFL players think the problem why NFL on social isn't as big as the NBA is because there weren't many highlights. He was a guy with highlights. Yep. He was a one-handed catch, Odell. Mm-hmm. He had signatures to him that most NFL players um, never had. And, and and some of that, I thought you were going to say what people knock on the NFL is lack of identity yeah. because yeah. they have helmets on and, and it's a much bigger team. And that's just like not the sport. Odell is someone that you like definitely know yep. his identity and you also see him. And I feel like every person in or out of sports is like, that's at least a recognizable person yep. Yep. to be at the Met Gala. That's a big deal. My favorite uh, Odell Beckham Jr. moment is still the Met Gala where he was seated with Lena, Lena Dunham, Dunham. And Lena Dunham <laughs> said, he'd never fuck me. I'm a pig. I'm like, well, she made it seem like I have thoughts about this that I can't share on air. But she made it seem like he was so dismissive of her. 
Um, and it's like, yeah, he doesn't care about It's not you. his job to care about you. People are dismissive to me every day. I, had many I walked in this room and people were like, why is he here? <laughs> Stop. Get out. Um, yeah, but that's just so funny because she did position him as like almost godlike. Like he is up here and I am down here. And that is because he has the swagger that most people lack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try to carry yourself with some swagger and things will change. Wow. His cleat Was game. that Tawina? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love her. I know. She's my I was, favorite. I was, I was waiting no, to see her. My queen. I, I love girls. I'll tell you my thoughts about we'll that talk on air. Well, it'll be on the Patreon. Um, but also, yeah, Odell's cleat game, again, a thing that hasn't really like translated to NFL from the NBA. He's managed to do that. He's got his own. The earring? The earring, yeah, it's just Odell is is an icon, but it, it, it almost feels like not right to like pick him because it's so recent. But he's like, I guess not that recent. He's been doing it for almost what? Yeah, 10 years? his consistency yeah. is is what's most impressive. Yeah, like Dion was a great choice, but Megan, you made the right the right Thank the you. right comment that yes. Dion's style has taken a massive dip since yeah. he started working for NFL Network because they need him to dress like. Mm-hmm. A dad who lives in Springfield, (laughs) Massachusetts. Having worked at NFL Network and like... We literally all have worked at the NFL before. We've all worked at the same place. There's like this hallway where... Be careful. No, it's not bad. Okay. There's a hallway. So like there is... There's wardrobe at the NFL Network. It's TV Network. And so when there is Pro Bowl, Super Bowl, they have to pack up all of the suits and send them to, and they like fly in a plane to Miami or wherever. And to walk down that hallway when there are like 150 commentator suits is some, and it's like actually fun to go through and be like, okay, that's Dion's. Mm -hmm. That's Steve Mariucci. Like you can try and pick what suit belongs with who. And then the, and then there's a women's like locker room where we had our stuff and my, I had like no stuff. And I would go around and look at the other, I'd be like, wow, she has like Louis Vuitton slides. Like everyone <laughs> just had the coolest stuff. And I was like renting the runway. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I went to the Oscars one year and I got a, a rental tax. I look great. Oh, I mean, I think rent the runway, it's like truly changed at least how I spend my money. Yeah. Because I, I'm, the type of person where once I'm like photographed in something and it like goes on Instagram in any way, I don't like to wear it again. Right. Or I wear it again, but I don't want to be photographed in it again. Yeah. And you, at, and I'm not saying photographed on the red carpet. I'm talking about me doing bar shows with no people, but there mm-hmm. is a photographer. And I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me to wear makeup? That <laughs> I'm talking about like those photos are everywhere. And it's like, then it just looks like I wear the same four outfits all the time, which I do. <laughs> right. Because I just get comfortable, and then Rent the Runway has helped me cycle evolve. through. Yeah. yeah, I do have a code. If you want to DM me, I'll give it to you. This I feel like this is a sponsorship waiting to happen. If you're listening, Rent they the spot, Runway, they, they're kind to me. Okay, that's they're good. good. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, Except they, they mean like, gave me like one free spot. One sometimes month, they'll say it's being delivered, but it's not. No, it's all. It actually comes pretty fast. Um, but it's great. I really <laughs> do love it. Uh, I feel like we should take a break and then because uh, my number one pick was Russell Westbrook, so we'll omit oh, okay. my first one and then we'll just come back with my second one and then close this thing out. Okay, great. All right, we'll be right back. The Nikki 
Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And we're back. I was about to tell Dave a secret. I'm um, glad I did it. <laughs> tell me after the show. I'll tell you after, after. The show. after the show. So I will say mine. Again, I, I maybe I misinterpreted, but I it's almost to me it's like the importance of this guy. It would hurt me. I would regret not saying him, but Alan Iverson, I think. Not the bet, like not the best, but maybe the most important dresser in sports. He ran so everyone could run faster almost. Mm-hmm. Like uh if if you guys don't remember his the way he dressed to games and around NBA functions, David Stern came up with a dress code that was yeah. clearly racist. Yes. Rest in peace, David Stern did a lot for the game. <laughs> but this was one of the biggest mistakes. Yes. Um, was him implementing a dress code that has since been changed. I don't know, was it because of Adam Silver or everyone was just like, no, this is racist. But um because of the way Alan Iverson dressed, which was Baggy shirts, uh, jerseys, chains, hats. They implemented this dress code that uh, I have it up here right now was created on October 17th, 2005. And it read like this. No chains, pendants or medallions worn over clothes. No sunglasses in buildings, no headgear of any kind, no jerseys unless approved by the team, and no headphones, which is, I feel like that is the checklist of what you you wear wear, of every athlete going into a game now. I mean, it also seems rude to headgear, like the um, braces. Yeah, you know, one might have which, you know, who wore or wears braces a lot is Andre Drummond. Does he? Yeah, he had him most of the time I was in, I in love Detroit. That. When did Harden get his teeth fixed? I don't know. Well, can't you just get veneers? He probably got veneers. Well, but Glasses I guess like, if you're an athlete, that could be troublesome because they pop out. Yeah. Um, 
Growing up in Indiana at the time that Allen Iverson was like at his peak, Mm -hmm. the way people talked about him was so racist, so horrific. And like, I only know it kind of in the last few years. Like I've developed such an appreciation for him probably from like 20s on. And it was truly like we were being brainwashed against him mm-hmm. because it was like, oh, he's selfish. Obviously, the word thug was thrown around yeah. all the time. I think he's one of the people that made us realize, like, you cannot say that about people. It's yes. so fucking racist and inappropriate. He he almost had to, like, fight against the world just to be who he was. Yeah. My mom, I remember we went to Philly. Uh, my, my, my mom and dad had a, like a, a yearly trip. And whenever we went to a new city, I went, oh, I have to buy something. And I still have this kind of rule. I have to buy something of like however I know that city. And I bought a reversible champion Allen Iverson jersey. And my mom kept going, are you sure you want this? Are you sure? Like she loved Jordan because Jordan was such a like, you know, corporate cog. But like she, she felt that way. And I was like, what? This is insane. Why were all of her parents so against the answer? They're a little racist. Yeah, I, I think no, it, was, it was. Yeah, it was racism. It was also, you know, uh, I think uh, anytime somebody bucks the system, mm-hmm. who plays outside of the rules, people are kind of like shocked. Madonna mm-hmm. was a good example of someone who was yep. over sexualized. Over sexual. Yeah. yeah, it's like wow, she's not doing what she's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. Alan Iverson did not do what he was supposed to do. He was himself, and I think. He was pivotal in the history of fashion and sports, not because he was such a great dresser, because as you pointed out, you know, he was just wearing baggy T-shirts and baggy jeans, and he looked like Nelly half the time, like, whatever, (laughs) who cares? Nelly Uh, looked like him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Nelly was biting Allen Iverson. Yeah. But because he was himself, and then the NBA overreacted and created the dress code, NBA players had to start wearing suits. Yeah. And oh, suits! Interesting. Let's. I guess I should learn about suits. If I'm going to have to wear a suit, mm-hmm. let me learn about it. And some people didn't figure it out, like Tim Duncan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but eventually, it was like, okay, maybe I can make something out of this and work yeah. around the dress code and still be myself without offending anyone. And then you get the the combination of Iverson's individuality. The NBA's restrictive dress code forcing you to wear, you know, tailoring and menswear, and now you have what you have today. But it wouldn't exist without Allen Iverson. And this is of a little bit of a walk, but I remember Iverson. He was wearing Mitchell and Ness jerseys. Um, he was one of the the guys who really, really pushed that movement of other teams. Of you know, even though he's playing for the Sixers, like other player, players wearing other teams are like, wait, what? Does he want to play for them? And it's yeah. just like, no, these guys grew up loving sports, loving players. But this is a little bit of a walk, but then so Mitchell and Ness jerseys were so big, and people, I just learned how Rich Paul and LeBron met. Selling was, jerseys out of a trunk. Selling jerseys out of a trunk for yeah. a site that I would look up, Distant Replays is the name of the site. I remember as a kid looking up where to buy Mitchell and Ness jerseys, and it was Distant Replays. He was selling, he met, LeBron met him as selling out of a trunk and it's just like wow it's the most to amazing see what story clutch is now yeah um like i mean it, did it would he have been selling those jerseys to lebron if iverson wasn't wearing you know or fabulous and all these guys were wearing those jerseys and it, it's just crazy to think where it all started yeah but yeah that's so beautiful. Alan Iverson. Yeah. yeah. I got I got teary eyed just thinking about it. And and now what I love now about Iverson is just how much he still loves the game <laughs> yeah. courtside hugging everyone. He was so sad when Kobe died. I know. 
And they hated each other, man. They went hard <laughs> on each other, and he was still like, that guy is my brother. I was talking about it last night. I think, you know, largely part of they never met each other in the finals again. Like, they were, they were rivals for that. They were, like, the biggest of rivals during the time that they met in the playoffs. Um, but since then, it was just like, we're clearly just the best in the game right now. And they were wearing each other's shoes while they were still playing. And, yeah, I just love Iverson just showing so much respect to Kobe, to other players in the game right now i love i've been trying to make it a meme of him just hugging everybody <laughs> yeah I he's like the so elder much. statesman of the nba yeah i will say we uh there was a project i was working on where we tried to hire him and it was a very short shoot and he um needed a requested a lot of money so yeah. i think he's doing great <laughs> yeah he's really, i, he's I was like good for you yeah there's other people and you're like that's your rate oh boy okay um, all right. So you want my number one? And yeah, then, then we'll, we'll, say, we'll, we'll close on Dave. Okay. Wow. I may be the only one picking a woman. You're wrong. Okay, great. Unless you pick the same person I picked and then I have to pick another person. Um, no, we can have overlap because that means that that person probably is the greatest. Yeah. My number one pick is Serena Williams. Wow. Okay. Good choice. I think in the same way that Iverson, t- I mean, the way people have talked about Serena's body since she was a preteen, even up until now, and some of it positive, some of it negative. It, tennis is a sport where, like, your body is really on display when you are a female tennis player. And she has kind of embraced that in the most beautiful, confident, and also sexy way. I also think post motherhood like her fashion is she's really the first athlete I knew of that was like going with designers to make everything she's wearing that she's competing in like she goes to Nike and designs that stuff with them then has her own line Mm -hmm. also huge into the fashion scene very much a part of New York Fashion Week and all of all of that and obviously has money and the the beautiful shape that she has. Like I remember seeing her wedding dress and she took such an incredible risk with this cape that was all beaded. Mm-hmm. Like she just does sort of whatever she wants, despite the fact that even at a young age, people were telling her to stop doing that. Yeah, no, she's very chic, but she also can can work in the streetwear world and yeah. do stuff and like yeah. doing off white collaborations. Her off whites are probably my own, the only ones I really actually like. Yeah, uh, it's inc- it's incredible what she what she's accomplished, and yeah, it's it, also to, to do that well. People are constantly yes. taking a dump. I on mean, your the French head. Open wouldn't let her wear a bodysuit that was help trying to help her not have blood clots that almost killed her during childbirth. Like she's still even the most decorated female athlete will possibly go down as the greatest athlete of all time is still having to fight with people constantly to just live, to just exist in this world. That seems like it is almost always trying to push her out, even though she's the greatest that has ever done it. Yeah. It is crazy because we talk about like Iverson, like maybe that was like a couple years of like, you can't wear that. But Serena has clearly proven to let her do things. And people are still like finding reasons to say that to her well, over and, a span and, of a career. And their reason was like, this is you know, per- like it, her her body. It like, turns us on too much. To, yes. <laughs> yeah. People were not going to be able to like focus. That's why I loved seeing her like in the Lemonade video, you know, like, yeah, you you have an incredible body that 
every man in the world is like, it's making me uncomfortable just talking about it. Let's celebrate it. And like, you are standing next to Beyonce, also one of the most beautiful, like, sexy women in the world. And you're both just being who you are and it's so hot and and serena just has to constantly fight against people and it does it with such grace and like kindness too yeah there's i think swagger is a part of this too it's power and it's Mm -hmm. it's confidence but her impact and iverson's impact are just as important as what they wear Mm -hmm. like the fact that they wore what they wore or wear what they wear is the statement itself. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's why those two definitely belong as your number ones and why I picked my number one. Okay. Yes, let's hear it. This is going to be controversial because I'm leaving off a lot of people. No LeBron. We can say some honorable mentions. You know, there's, the there's tons of people who are great dressers. Yeah. LeBron is one of the best. But I have to go with Megan Rapino. Okay. Yeah. It's great. At one point I thought about doing the entire women's national <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> But she blew up yeah. during that World Cup. Mm-hmm. Starting to dye her hair pink, that became, you know, such an iconic fashion statement, the the colored short hair. But then what she has been able to do as an LGBT, you mm-hmm. know, a, a lesbian woman, um, mixing menswear, you know, women's clothes, you know, having this androgyny that is probably uncomfortable for a lot of people. But yeah. also very sexy. But incredibly sexy. She can be, you know, in the on, in the body issue of, yes. of, of ESPN, the magazine, and, and you know, her and Sue Bird stepping out and stuff. Yeah. And, like, how they've been able to become fashion icons, mm-hmm. I think, is incredibly important. And we're going to look back on that World Cup and her specifically, her part in that as, you know, a turning point, I think, in, in how people perceive LGBT uh, Americans and she's just a fucking great dresser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She always looks cool and she always has that swagger and she knows she's the best. Mm-hmm. She knows that she has power and that is what's attractive to people when they look at someone who's wearing clothes. Yeah. Is they know they look good, they're comfortable looking good and they have a certain gravitas mm-hmm. that other people don't have. Yeah. So great, you have expensive clothes. But what are you how yes. are you wearing it yes it's so modern too and i think sometimes we think of female athletes as like their hair's in a ponytail and that like <laughs> they're just like not they're like tom that they're sort of get pushed into that tomboy stereotype exactly and she is kind of flipping that of being like i can be androgynous but it's still so feminine mm. and it's also very sexy in a way that i don't think we have seen as a culture Maybe ever. Not from an athlete. No, not from a female I athlete. I mean, Billie Jean King didn't didn't step no. out as a, as a fashion plate. Yeah. You know? Martina no, she was Navratilova. having to, like, fight for her life. Yeah. You know? like, the amazing thing is that Megan Rapinoe can be yes. that and yeah. can be a media superstar and a fashion icon and be who she is. And there's a lot more of us celebrating it than being like, you look weird. Yeah. Like, we're like, hell yes. Mm-hmm. Sue, yeah, her and Sue Bird, like the photo shoots that they've been doing. And I was one, I, I got to look back and see if Sue Bird was doing this before they were dating. But like, clearly, Sue Bird's fashion is like just taking another step um, with them being together. And even her shoe game, like, Nike is releasing uh, Ky- Sue Bird Kyrie's mm. because of her, uh, her fashion. I think they're probably one of the top three sports power couples right now. Yeah, it would, it would be hard. To 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 claim that 
WNBA players were on league fits before this all happened. Yeah, yeah. And now they're like, well, I guess we got to start putting WNBA players on league yeah. fits. All right. Well, uh, did you want to say any honorable mentions? I know you, you mentioned. LeBron. I think we all. Yeah, I yeah. didn't put LeBron on because I thought someone else would say him. Yeah. Um. So sorry, we left Joe. Well, he's just going to be on so many lists. Of the, the shorts so are so cool yeah. and like created so many moments. Like that was like a bit forever. Yeah. I had Agassi. Yeah. I had PJ Tucker, and I had kind of just like an up up and comer shy. We mentioned. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Kelly Oubre. Yeah, He's got to go Oubre. on those yeah. on that honorable mentions list. But we'll see what they end up doing. They haven't been doing it as long as Russ uh, and James and all those other guys. That's why I think Kuzma will be fun to watch. I like the stuff he does. I love his hair. Yeah. The one baseball player I will I will call out is Matt Kemp. Everybody else dresses really like a clown. Yeah. Just trash. I just don't even think I really ever see that. I feel like I mostly see them in baseball uniforms because they do like the post games in them still, don't they? Yeah, or just like a t-shirt and sweatpants. Yeah. Christian Yelich is trying really hard, but he just looks like Tom Brady. He just looks like he's expresses man of the year or something. Yeah, there's definitely hockey players that do it. And P.K. That's Subban very, is yeah. trying, but he and looks like a, a European, cowboy. European yeah. um, sort of like. They are cooler than us. It's kind of the soccer thing. It's like, yeah, you guys, you got a lot going. For yeah, you. some of the Russian dudes are trying, but there is there is that element of like Canadian ruggedness mm-hmm. that feels kind of tacky still. Like PK Subban is really trying, but every time he goes out, he's wearing some sort of like large brimmed hat that I feel like should have like salsa in the top uh-huh. and <laughs> chips around it. He's but he's trying. Good Listen, for him. The hats are tough. The hats are tough. When someone is doing a hat well, you're like, yeah, PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker always well. rocks a hat well. Yeah. I mean that guy is, is if he was a bigger star, we'd be talking about him more. It's like the real heads of the Well, you know PJ. he's he's my number one NBA crush. Ah, uh, it's a good choice. Yeah. A lot of women uh, and men probably agree with you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, all right. Well, Dave, where can people find you? I am at Dave underscore Schilling on Twitter. And uh, this will be where I announce this. I'm starting a, a sports interview podcast. I'm very excited yes. about this. I'm going to be interviewing some of the biggest stars in sports. Okay. And, uh, you know, I hope people tune in when, when that comes out. But it's it's going to be, you know, top level people. Okay. This isn't like, you know, BC. Like, not this isn't like ours. <laughs> It's going to be incredible. <laughs> I, 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 I can't oversell yeah. how Great. important this is going to be. It's going to change my life. Awesome. And it'll probably change yours if you listen. Wow. You definitely will listen. I can't wait. Forthcoming? Forthcoming, okay, yes. Okay, awesome. Tune in. Amazing. Follow me on Twitter and you'll find out. Um, okay. And if you guys could uh, rate and review, that would be amazing. I If you review and you say something mean... I'll probably talk about it because I do go through and read them all. If you say something nice, <laughs> we'll read the nice ones. We'll read. I'll the, probably talk about it too. Yeah. So yeah, we just really love to read things that are about us specifically. That's like really one of my favorites. <laughs> I think that's the thing that the three of us can all agree on. For good <laughs> or for bad, say, yeah. I love a review. How to tweak it? It, I it wasn't because it's about me. It's because I want to make the product better for you guys. Nope. I just want to read positive negatives about me. Dave, thank you so much. Yeah. I feel like we're thank truly you, not worthy of all of the information you brought to us today. Oh, yeah. no problem. I, it was a pleasure, and I do feel like I overdressed. No, you did not. But, uh, you know, I do that a lot. I think you probably just woke up earlier than CJ and I did. Six <laughs> o'clock in the morning, baby. Oh, no, no, no. Ooh, you inspire us. You inspire us. You inspire. In so right. many different ways. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next time. The Greatest is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.